Let's, uh, let's worship uh, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand to our feet if we would. And uh, we're going to sing Angels We Have Heard on High. Let's sing it together. Come on, put your hands together. Help us out.
clap over it? Well, if you would, put a smile on your face, turn around, tell somebody Merry Christmas, and you're glad to see them, if you will. And we will continue to worship in just a moment. your place don't be seated uh, we're not we really don't have any announcements I just want to tell you that we are uh, this will be our service for the weekend and so uh, there will be no service in the morning uh, we want you to stay at home and we want you uh, that kind of some people say well why not meet on Christmas morning I know there's a lot of different opinions on that but that kind of is based upon the premise that uh, you can only worship in this building can I tell you this worship is not just refined and uh, is not constrained to this building so what I want you to do is I want you to go home and tomorrow morning spend time with your families at home and I want you to have a worship service at home amen so uh, spend time enjoy being with your families uh, spending time with our families and making memories that is as much worship as anything you could possibly do uh, tomorrow so again no service tomorrow uh, we, you are able to give. There's uh, giving envelopes. Uh, the baskets are back there. You can still give online and uh, uh, go ahead and give that way. But this will be our service for the weekend, okay? Let's continue to worship. Brother Kelly's going to lead us in the great Christmas song, Oh Holy Night.
thank you for that holy night so long ago, Lord, and we pray that, God, you'd make us mindful of that. Lord, may we, as we take time this evening, may we remember, God, what you've done for us. And Lord, it is so hard for us sometimes to put our focus during this time of year in the right place, but Lord, our focus needs to be for you. Our focus doesn't need to be on the presence. Our focus doesn't need to be on Santa Claus. Our focus doesn't need to be on the meals or the food. Lord, our focus needs to be on you. And God, may we understand that as we worship you during Christmas, we're not worshiping a baby in a manger. We're worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you, Lord, that you left your throne and left your glory in heaven and came down, Lord, to be God with us in this place. And so, Lord, help us to put everything else to the side. God, help us to bring you glory and honor during this time of year. I pray that this service would bring you glory and honor. I pray that, God, it would inspire us, Lord, to live more for you in 2023. And, God, that our lives might count for you in this coming year, God. We thank you for this past year. but We pray that, God, you would help us to do more and more for you and your kingdom in this next year. We pray it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. You may be seated. Well, I wanted to share just a word with you. And then, as you can see, we're going to partake in the Lord's Supper tonight. And then we're going to end by singing um, Silent Night. 
And I'm going to ask uh, one of our guys, Nelson, if you would, that basket full of uh, little lights back there. I know we said candlelight service. Um, we decided to go the safe route and uh, not burn the building down. And so we have little battery-operated candles for you. So if you didn't get one when you came in, Brother Nelson's going to come around with those. Uh, but I wanted to just speak with you for just a second, if you would, and uh, share some things with you. First of all, I wanted to share with you, uh, maybe you've never done this on Christmas morning, but I've been encouraging our folks for the last couple of years to do this on Sunday morning. Again, like I said, many people are like, why would you not have church when Christmas falls on Sunday? But I want you to have church, but I want you to have church in your home. And maybe you've never done this, maybe you've never started this tradition, but I want you to start it. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Everybody got a Bible at home. If you've got a Bible at home, you can simply open to Luke chapter 2, read verses 1 through 20, and it is the Christmas story. It's a great way to start before everybody tears into the presents, before anybody does anything else, to start your morning off like this. Let's read these scriptures, if you would. <coughs> Same, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. <clears throat> and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all of the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Now, that's the Christmas story. Most of us have heard that all of our lives. Maybe you didn't know exactly where it was located. That's where it is. And you can share that story. There's a little bit of the gospel of the birth story in each one of the gospels. <clears throat> but Luke is usually the one that we go to. Um, 
There's a lot of uh, things about Christmas that maybe you've heard that were true that aren't necessarily true. Many people think it's December 25th. That's just the day we celebrate it. Most people, uh, most biblical scholars will tell you that was not an accurate time. It was not in the wintertime. It was in more, probably more likely in the springtime uh, that, that Christ was born. <clears throat> uh, these wise men, when they showed up, uh, if you read that version there in Luke, it kind of seems like it all just happened at one time, but that's kind of the Reader's Digest version. Uh, it says that the, uh, the uh, shepherds and the wise men uh, took off after that and started to journey. And most biblical scholars believe it took them two years to get there. So by the time they reached Jesus Christ, he was no longer a babe in a manger. He was a two-year-old. And so, um, but again, we can get all of our focus on those things and get caught up on those things. It doesn't really matter. What matters is the story. What matters is who was Jesus? And that becomes the bottom line is who is Jesus to you? Who do you say that Jesus is? And so uh, that becomes the main question in all of our lives. The wise men brought gifts for a baby, but they were gifts that were fit for a king. I don't know how many baby showers you've been to, but I don't know how many of you take gold to a baby shower. Uh, that's not usually a gift that is uh, fit for a baby. That is a gift that would be fit for a king. But there was gold and frankincense and myrrh, if you remember. And I spoke last week about myrrh. I don't know if you remember. Myrrh is kind of the one weird gift. Why myrrh? Because myrrh, its main job was it was a, uh, it was a, a, a spice used in the embalming of bodies. And the gold represented a king. The frankincense represented that he was our high priest. And the myrrh represented that he would be our savior that would die for us. Myrrh was used in death. And so that was uh, foreshadowing that Jesus was going to have to die for the sins of all mankind. All right. Um, First Timothy 6.15. And it says this, that which he will manifest in his own time. He was the blessed and only potentate, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So as I said before, we think on Christmas we're worshiping a baby in a manger, but we are not worshiping really a baby in a manger. We are worshiping the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But in a few months, we will celebrate Easter. And Easter is we're celebrating a risen Savior. <clears throat> but we need to understand that you can't have the cross without the manger. Uh, he had to come. He had to leave heaven. He had to leave his throne, his glory in heaven, and come down to earth. And they gave him a name, Emmanuel, which means God come down with us. And he had to come and be down here with us first, spend 33 years, and then down the cross. And so I know that we, uh, as Christians, we celebrate Easter, but you can't have Easter without Christmas. And so we celebrate uh, the, the birth of our Savior. Um, there are three responses to Jesus as your king. And we're going to look at all three of those, and then we're going to take the Lord's Supper. <clears throat> Number one, excuse me, Herod opposed Jesus as king. Now, I don't know if you remember, but Herod was the king at the time that Jesus was born. And these wise men show up, and they tell Herod about this baby Jesus. And he said, who are you looking for? We're looking for Jesus. We're looking for the king of the Jews. And Herod said, there is no other king but Herod. Herod was a mean man. He was a jealous king. And so he immediately sends the wise men on their way, but he says, there will be no other king 
they had said they were heading towards Bethlehem. So he said, I want you to go to Bethlehem and I want you to kill every child there under two years old. Again, they kind of knew how long the journey was going to take. So if they killed every male baby under the age of two, then they would eliminate this King Jesus. Um, that's a pretty, pretty uh, stout man in it that, uh, that would do something that terrible. Uh, Herod represents, Herod opposed Jesus as king, and he represents people who say, I'm going to celebrate Christmas, but I don't need religion. I'm going to celebrate Christmas, but I'm going to make Santa Claus gifts, spending time with my family, but I will not give credence to this Jesus as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. A rejection of Jesus Christ. And some people may say, well, I'm not rejecting Jesus Christ. I just don't want to recognize him. Can I tell you this? There is no riding the fence with this. Jesus drew a line in the sand. Jesus himself, out of his own mouth, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. And so Jesus himself drew a line in the sand. There is no, if you're not for him, you are against him. If you don't want to give your life over to him, I find many people who don't have a problem with Jesus, the thought of Jesus as their Savior, but the thought of Jesus as their Lord, mm -mm. because what, if I make Jesus my Lord, what am I saying? I'm giving him complete and total control. I'm giving him the keys to the car, and I'm saying, Lord, you're driving. I'm moving over. You're in charge of everything. And many people want to, don't want to admit to that. They don't want anybody to be in control but themselves. Um, uh, I, I'm fine on my own. Uh, I want to be in control. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. These are the people that represent opposing Jesus as king. You see, you can say Jesus is Savior, but to say Jesus is Lord, that's total commitment. And many people, they want to make, make Jesus Savior, but they, they want to be saved from their sins, but they don't want to make him Lord. And you really can't have one without the other. He needs to be the Lord of your life, all right? Number two, the Jewish priests dismissed Jesus as king, all right? Do you know how far away all of the religious leaders were from Bethlehem? Five miles. Five miles, all of the religious leaders were only five miles away from where the baby Jesus was born. These angels could have appeared to anybody, but they appeared to these shepherds, and they appeared to these wise men that were a two-year two journey away. But yet the people who were five miles within, and would have been the, what you would have thought would have been the main people that they would have notified they were not notified at all because their heart was not right. Uh, these represent people who um, put the focus on the gifts, the meals, Santa Claus, but we forget what it's really all about. The religious leaders, they wanted to focus on religion, and they wanted to focus on the law and the rules, and you got to keep all the rules, and you got to do all the rules right. And it made them look high and mighty because they'd put on these beautiful robes. They'd put on all this jewelry, and they'd give these long prayers out in the town square. And it was, look at me, look at me, look at me. They did not have their heart in the right place. And then number three, the wise men bowed to Jesus as king. <clears throat> you see, when, when they came and they finally got there two years later, and Jesus was there, and he was two years old by this time. They entered, and they immediately came into the room, and they bowed. Now, what is bowing? Bowing back in that time, that was the ultimate form of surrender, of submission. It was the highest form of worship. 
that you would bow low. You still see that today. If you were to go over uh, before the Queen died or the Queen of England, if you were to go into the presence of the Queen of England, uh, you would bow. That would be the proper, proper uh, posture for you to take. So it's still a sign that shows that. Um, it's a, a posture of surrender, of submission, and reverence. Can I just encourage you that during this holiday season that you remember Jesus is the king. The Bible says that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is king and Lord. Amen. And so we must put him above everything else. I know it's all about a baby in a manger, but you've got to remember that that baby becomes the king, king of kings and Lord of lords. So make it about him this time of year. And we're going to remember our king of kings and Lord of lords by remembering his death his burial, and his resurrection. I'm going to ask our guys that are uh, serving tonight if you would come on up here. And Miss Julie's going to begin to play. And in a moment, when we get done with the Lord's Supper, we will sing that great Christmas hymn, Silent Night, Holy Night. And we're going to serve the bread first, and we're going to ask the Lord to bless it. Jesus was with his disciples that night and he took the bread and he broke it and he blessed it and he said this is my body which is broken for you and often as you do it do it in remembrance of me father as we partake of this bread that represents your body your broken body God you suffered and died and you were beaten and you hung upon a cross and Lord we just may we remember the great price that was paid for us that paid for our sins and the sins of all mankind. May we remember your body that was broken for us. We pray that, God, we would do it in reverence to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our men are going to serve the, the bread.
Jesus took the bread and broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Father, I pray that now as we partake of the cup, God, it represents your blood that was spilled for us. Lord, as your word says, there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And we thank you, Lord, that you came to be the final sacrifice, the final sacrificial lamb to pay for the sins of the world. We thank you that it is by your blood we are saved. We thank you that it is by your blood our sins are forgiven and covered. And so, Lord, may we remember that now as we partake in this. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all will serve.
Then Jesus took the cup and he blessed it and he said, this is my blood which was spilled for you. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. You just leave the cups in your chair. We'll come by and get those later. I'm going to ask you what if we would all stand now. If you would, take your little candles and you can turn them on. They're a little bit stubborn. We're going to sing in the end tonight with singing Silent Night. Can you see Julie? Let's sing it together.
would, lift them up. We're going to sing the first verse, just the voices. you from Landmark Baptist Church and Julie and I and our whole family. We hope you have a merry, merry, merry Christmas. God bless you. Have a great rest of your evening. Uh, you can even leave those at your chair or you can put them in the basket on your way out. You are dismissed. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.